This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 31st, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. No Child Left Behind places demands on states for graduation and student proficiency, but gives little guidance on how to define either. Not surprisingly, dozens of states have redefined proficiency and graduation requirements to avoid sanctions. Neil McCluskey, associate director of Cato's Center for Educational Freedom, says any attempt to crack down will leave states to avoid accountability in, as yet, unimagined ways. Two years ago, I was reading in newspapers that graduation rates, many states, school districts are failing to report adequate graduation rates. Two years later, here it is again. What's the what's at root here? Mm. Now, the, the problem is, ultimately... I mean, there, there are several problems that, that are rolled into this. One of the primary problems is the same problem we see in any kind of school reporting, which is that it is in the interest of the schools, the school districts, the people who run public schooling to report as high a graduation rate as they can because that's what makes their job easier. People lay off them. They don't say, oh, why aren't all these kids graduating? Uh, there are other problems. There are a lot of questions about, well, how do you define a graduation rate? Do you say it's... You say the number of kids who start in ninth grade, what percentage of them are graduating four years later? Do you say in eighth grade? Do you count whether or not kids get a GED? But ordinarily what happens is the, the districts and the states, they will define graduation rates in the way that is most favorable to them. That makes it easiest to say, oh, we got lots of kids graduating. Um, and, but the reality is usually something different, that there are lots of kids who don't end up graduating when they should, if they follow a normal track, um, and they get designated or classified in a number of different ways that they don't end up counting as dropouts. This from the New York Times, uh, March 20th. The No Child Left Behind law is also at fault. The law set ambitious goals enforced through sanctions to make every student proficient in math and reading, but it established no national school completion goals. Quote, I like an NCLB to a mile race, says Bob Wise, a former West Virginia governor who is president of the Alliance for Excellent Education, a group that seeks to improve schools. Quote, under No Child Left Behind, students are tested rigorously every tenth of a mile, but nobody keeps track as to whether they cross the finish line. You know, this is interesting because it shows that no matter what No Child Left Behind does, schools are going to find a way to avoid any real sanctions and to give you as rosy a picture as possible. So if you look at the test scores that he says are, you know, No Child Left Behind requires everybody to reach as high as they can to, to get everyone to what No Child Left Behind says, 100% proficiency, well, what the states have done have all defined proficiency as at low a level as they can. So you're really not getting kids to meaningful proficiency. You're just redefining proficiency as something really low. So the part they suppose the law supposedly holds everyone accountable for, everybody avoids. And they get away from it by following the letter and not the spirit of the law. The flip side is graduation rates. The law doesn't specify anything doesn't say, how do you calculate a graduation rate? Well, guess what? They're weaseling out of what would have been the spirit of the law to get as many kids to graduate as possible. And now people are saying, well, it's because the law doesn't write in, a, in, in concrete terms enough what graduation rate should be. So what's the common denominator here? In one case, No Child Left Behind says, we are going to demand very specific things. The other case, we're not going to demand specifics at all. And in both cases, the states and the schools are 
weaseling out of any kind of rigor or good you know, high-level performance. And so what you see, the clear message of this is you cannot write into law demands that school districts do something because they will get out of it if it's only a legal construct, uh, some, you know, something that politicians put out there saying, well, this is really going to do the job. You have got to have something meaningful, really concrete, that schools have no choice but to respond to, and that is to give parents the money to educate their children and let them take their kids out of public schools they're not happy with and put them into private schools, to homeschooling, whatever really works for those kids, then the schools can't find every loophole or avoid every every bit of law that they don't like and say, oh, see, we're doing what we're supposed to, and if you don't like it, too bad. Margaret Spellings is Secretary of Education now, like you were saying. She's now planning on perhaps demanding a federal standard for what graduate, what constitutes uh, graduation. I remember in some urban school districts in Kentucky, you had a NAEP proficiency rate of 10 or 12 percent in reading or mathematics and a 70 percent graduation rate. Mm -hmm. Isn't there an argument to be made for some kind of uh, standard that would apply equally to districts across the country? Well, you could call for a standard like that. And in fact, in No Child Left Behind, there are written guidelines to say that you are supposed to calculate your graduation rate in high school based on somebody graduating in you know, the normal amount of time, which you'd think would be four years. But there are all sorts of ways to game that. And as we've seen in federal education policy, state education policy, and many districts, their policy, it's easy to write into law, you will do this. You will calculate your graduation rates in this way. You'll define proficiency or you'll bring everyone proficiency and you'll do it with scientifically based curricula. You can write all you want, but there is no mechanism to force the school districts to actually, and the state, to actually do what the law is supposedly demanding. And until something really concrete can happen to those districts when they fail to educate the kids, it's not going to change. And the only thing concrete, the only thing not ultimately controlled by politicians and all the people who work in the school districts who spend most of the time lobbying the politicians and running ads against politicians they don't like, the only thing you can do is give parents the ability to take the education money out of schools that don't work and take their kids and that money and put them in schools to do work. In other words, you've got to make a change where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the customers get to make a decision based on whether or not they're happy with a school. Not politicians pass more laws that are ignored when schools can't meet their supposed demands. Neil McCluskey is Associate Director of Cato's Center for Educational Freedom. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can get a copy of Neil's book, Feds in the Classroom, at our website, cato.org.